Good morning. My name is Terry Coy, and I have the privilege of serving as one of your elders. And it's also a great blessing for me this morning to uh, open the Word of God with you. So if you would take your Bibles and open to Psalm 121, 121st Psalm. I want to talk a little bit this morning about security for the future. Now, the question that a lot of uh, people have been asking and answering and addressing in the last few days, last few weeks, of course, is, are you glad to see 2020 gone? And I know all of you at home are yelling and screaming and clapping and celebrating, but I have some bad news for you, and that is 2021 is here, and we don't know what it holds. Here we are on January 3rd, we're staring the unknown right in the face. But here's the reality. It's always been that way. Life has always been a journey, a pilgrimage, an adventure right into the unknown. You think about it. We really love those kinds of stories of journeys and pilgrimages. Our our favorite books and movies are about that. Uh, The Odyssey and Moby Dick and The Lord of the Rings, The Book of Eli, Castaway, you name it. We love stories of uh, journeys and pilgrimages and adventures. Our entire American mythology is built in about moving west and, and exploring new lands, going to the moon, and now trying to get to Mars. And everyone listening, every single one of us, unless you're 100% Native American, you're a product of a pilgrimage. Somewhere one of your ancestors came through Ellis Island or came through Galveston or a long time ago or recently came to this country seeking a new and better life. Being on a journey, being a pilgrim, that's the human experience. And as everyday normal Christians, we too are on a pilgrimage through this life. We're in this world. It's a good world created by God. We should certainly appreciate it and care for it. But as Peter says in in his first letter in chapter 2, verse 11, we're also aliens and strangers, or some translations put it, sojourners and exiles. We're on the earth, we're in the world, but it's a fallen creation, a creation groaning for redemption because of sin. Our home is not finally or ultimately on this fallen earth, but rather in a resurrected body on the new recreated earth that our Lord will redeem when he returns. So since we are of Christ, we don't ultimately belong here, but we ultimately belong there and then. And in that sense, we're saints going through life on a journey. Now, all pilgrimages, all journeys, all adventures have something in common, and that's uh, the possibility, the opportunity for danger. Uh, there are always those who are, are opposed to the pilgrims, who, who attack them, who treat them unjustly, who, who wish to take advantage of their situation. There are always uncertainties and unknowns and circumstances beyond our knowledge and our control. But in the midst of those uncertainties, in the midst of those, that lack of knowledge, there is a certainty There is a comforting truth we can hold on to. And as we look into the unknown of 2021 and into the unknown of the rest of our lives, we can learn something about this certainty from these ancient Hebrews. 
In Psalm 121, we can read and learn about the attitude and the faith the Israelites, these Israelite pilgrims had when they were threatened by danger, insecurity, and uncertainty. Now, this psalm is, is one of a group of songs called the Songs of Ascent, so psalms that go from 120 through 134. And they were psalms that were written, that were memorized, uh, repeated, sung during trips and pilgrimages. The, uh, the, the Israelites would take to get to Jerusalem, celebrate the great feast of the Old Testament. Uh, perhaps many of the Hebrews would sing these psalms as they were traveling in groups to Jerusalem during the feast, as they traveled back home after the feast. And we don't know all the details of, of how and when these psalms were used, but we do know they were part and parcel of the life of these ancient Hebrews in, during their pilgrimages. Now, brothers and sisters, as we experience a, a time of change and transition and uncertainty and, and unknown and, and all of that can be good, I believe that we as Christian pilgrims can learn something from these Hebrews. There are in this psalm words of certainty, of encouragement, of support, and words of challenge for us. Well, what's going on in this psalm? Uh, what can we learn? Well, let's look first at the first two verses. And, and what we see here is the, the anxious question and the comforting answer. I raise my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We see in verse 1 uh, the voice of the pilgrim. Uh, he's probably gone to Jerusalem with his family and others from his village for several days of feast and celebration. And these have been times of joy, times of praises to God. Feast is now over. It's time to return home. And this group of pilgrims, probably one of many groups, they, they start to leave the great gates of Jerusalem. And if you remember your, your geography of Israel, the, uh, Jerusalem is in the mountains and it's surrounded by mountains. And perhaps this, this pilgrim comes out of the gates and looks at those mountains, looks at those hills and, and that he's going to have to cross and get home. And then he looks back and he, and he sees the great city of God, Zion. And perhaps he feels that sense of let down and maybe even a little bit of depression that sometimes comes after great times of celebration, the, the downs that come after the ups. You, you ever felt that way after Christmas, after New Year's, kind of like where we are right now maybe? He looks to the hills and is a little bit anxious, perhaps a little bit afraid. There are thieves and bandits who roam the mountains. There's, there's some danger. In, and perhaps he just simply faces the prospect of returning to his average, mundane, boring, and even harsh life. You ever been there? You ever got to that point when you just think, I just got to go back to paying the bills. And he cries out, where does my help come from? And in verse 2, we see, we see the immediate answer. And now scholars debate uh, who's answering here. Is the pilgrim answering himself? Uh, does another pilgrim say something? Is it the leader of the group? Whatever the case may be, the answer is there. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven 
and earth. Now, now in these mountains, there were often many idols to false gods. There were enemy tribes all around Israel who worshipped idols. And, and as you probably know, Israel herself struggled often, too often, with idolatry. But Jehovah, the Lord, the one whose presence is seen in the temple and the, in the great city, uh, the one who chose Israel, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same one who made the mountains, who made heaven and earth, he is my help. That is, he is not the God of just the temple and of Jerusalem, but he also lives and protects in the hills and in the mountains. Yes, we're leaving 2020 behind, but we still face uncertainty. Much of it will be good. Uh, some of it may not be. Uh, whether it's uncertainty over your personal health, and boy, we, we, we all worry about that right now, battling the virus. We have some in our family who are battling the virus. Whether it's anxiety over protection and provision for family members, whether it's a, a job or a school situation that's just been completely upended, whether you're worried about our city, our state, our country, whether you, you're worried about our church and the ministries that we've had to, to set aside or, or put on hold, where does our help come from? You've heard Pastor Drew say it many times recently, but it bears repeating. We, we plan, we study, we work, we get involved in social, political, economic, and cultural life. We do life. We, we get involved in our lives. We take the world seriously, but ultimately our help can only come from and will only come from the Lord. But how can we be so sure of that? How could the pilgrim be so sure of that? In verses 3 through 6, we, we see the basis for the answer, that the Lord is aware of every one of our situations. He is aware of our situation. Verse 3, he will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The leader continues here. With his answer, in verse 3, there's a clear comparison between Jehovah God and the pagan gods of the mountains. The pagan gods were gods of, of nature, of, of fertility, uh, even gods to whom were attributed human desires. Supposedly they would eat, uh, they had sexual needs, and, and sometimes they would even sleep. Sometimes the pagan gods would not be alert. They would not know what was going on. They would not be paying attention to human beings. Ah, but the Lord, Jehovah God, he pays attention. He's aware. He never sleeps. And for that reason, when a pilgrim is traveling through rough and dangerous hills and he comes close to slipping, God knows it and is there to catch him. God is awake. He's ready. God is the keeper, the protector of the traveler. In verse 4, the, the psalmist continues to make some comforting statements. And note how he goes from the, the broadest characterization of God to the most personal statements and application. And remember back in verse 2, he said that help comes from the maker, the creator of heaven and earth. However, this big creator God 
is also the protector of his chosen nation, Israel. This one who made it all focused in on a chosen people to love and through whom he wanted to work. And this is an important point for the psalmist to make because Jehovah, the God of Israel, is not simply a regional, national, local God as the pagan gods were usually thought to be. Yes, he's the God of the people of Israel, but he's also the maker of heaven and earth. And no pagan God could claim that. But perhaps even more comforting for this anxious pilgrim is the fact that this creator God, the protector of Israel, is also the protector of each individual pilgrim. Verse 5 and 6 moves to the personal. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. In the Hebrew, it literally says he is at your right hand. Uh, the right hand was the one the Hebrew would use to protect himself, to, to draw a sword or to carry a staff for protection. And Jehovah God is at the right hand or at the right side to protect and watch. And he says, the sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. And because he's the protector, neither the harsh sun of the Israelite desert nor the cold moon of the desert night will harm the pilgrim on his way home. The leader, uh, the psalmist, is saying, in essence, have courage. God will see you home safely. He'll see your pilgrimage through to the end. He is aware of your situation, of all your circumstances. He knows what's coming up. You do not need to fear the bandits, the heat, the cold. God will get, give you the strength you need to get through, to make it. He is your help. And he will also see you through 2021. Have you ever felt fatigued, worn out, beaten down, discouraged, afraid of the unknown, fearful of situations you can't predict or control, full of doubt? Maybe you felt a little lost on your pilgrimage. Maybe you're feeling a little bit like that right now after 2020 and starting 2021. If we're honest, I think all of us will say that at times we feel fearful and, 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 and anxious and depressed. And, and for some of us, that anxiety and depression are regular struggles. It is for me. But still, sometimes I find that I've gone too fast and I've left God behind. Or I've gone to the left or I've gone to the right and left the shelter of God's protection. God never leaves me. Yes, I may be tired sometimes. I may be fearful. I may doubt. I may be discouraged. But the solution is not to keep running from God or his church, which too often we do. The solution is to go right back to his side under the shelter of his protection. And then in verses 7 and 8, we, we, we see the promise for the future given to this pilgrim, given to us. The Lord will be with you till the end of time. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forevermore. Through the psalmist, God promises here that he will provide protection to the pilgrim. He'll protect him from evil. He will guard his life. He will guard his soul. He'll protect the pilgrim whether he's coming or going. He'll protect him now and forever. 
Now, that doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen. It does mean that God is aware of all the different kinds, all the different types of evils and dangers that exist in the world and can protect from all kinds of evil. There's nothing that can surprise him. And your life, your soul is protected because you belong to him. If you belong to him, he will protect the pilgrim as he leaves Jerusalem, goes through the mountains and reaches home. See, God is faithful. He will never abandon you or this church, his people. He knows me. He knows you. He knows us. And he will be with us until the end. Now, let's focus just a little bit here on on that coming and going, both now and forevermore. Uh, Some translations put it as going in and going out. The idea is that God is aware of and intimately involved with every aspect of our lives. Now, there are a couple of implications here. One is that, well, we, we have a life to live and God is interested in our lives. And the other implication is that we can only move one way, and that's forward. I mean, did any of you think we were going to go back to 2019? No. We are in 2021, and we're moving forward. Now, some people always pine or seem to always pine for the good old days, whatever those may have been. Some want to go back to recapture a a, a supposedly golden age. And frankly, I believe those who want that have a historically selective memory. And they're overlooking the reality that ours is a forward-looking faith. God is the Lord of history, and he is moving us into the future. Yes, we look to the past and we're grateful. We look to the past and we, and we learn. We look to the past and we see how God has been faithful and how he has worked. Israel did that all the time. But we look forward to what God is going to do in the future. He's still at work in individual lives all over the world. He's doing amazing things in Africa in China, in Latin America, and in many Muslim countries. And he is, and he can, and he wants to do amazing things right here in Fort Worth through Travis. As you look forward to 2021 and the rest of your life, know that God is your protector as you go in and go out, and you're coming and you're going. As you look forward to 2021 with perhaps... uh, a little bit of fear and anxiety as you look forward to the rest of your life, perhaps with some confusion and uncertainty, know that God has, and here's my challenge, God has a plan for you, and that plan is for you to join him on his mission of redemption. See, whatever your coming and going may consist of, it consists of being missional, of being on mission with God of being a missional school teacher, business person, engineer, of being a missional computer programmer, a homemaker, an insurance salesperson, of being a missional retail manager, a missional whatever God has called you to be and do. You want to know one thing that 2021 holds for me and holds for you? Multiple Opportunities to join God on his mission to redeem the world, to help those far from God to come to know Christ. 
Will you do it? As you face an uncertain 2021 and, and beyond, will you respond to God's call to join him on mission this year in your coming and going both now and forever? All this starts by knowing God personally through Jesus Christ. And some of you just need to take that, that first step of faith. You just need to recognize your sinfulness, that your, your separation from God, and believe in and trust Jesus Christ and, and Him alone for forgiveness and for new life and for eternal life, and take the first step in an exciting journey of life in Christ. And if that's you, we'd love to help you with that. We would, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to walk you through that process of coming to know Jesus. Now, some of us, perhaps the rest of us, me as I look in the mirror, some of us just need to look upward and outward and forward a bit more and ask God, what are the next steps for joining him on mission right here at Travis and beyond? Will you ask him to show you what is next in joining him on mission? You respond to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do as I pray. Father God, I thank you that your word that was true and applicable 3,000 years ago applies right now or today to us. I ask that your Holy Spirit take this word and apply it in each heart. If there's someone who needs to give their life to Jesus, receive abundant life, eternal life, that they would do that right now. If there are many of us who maybe need to take a look in the mirror, repent, recommit, not just make New Year's resolutions, but decide and commit that wherever I am, whatever I do, whatever my coming and going and going in and go out, going out, it's going to be on mission with you here at Travis and in my daily life. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives, around the world, what you're doing right here at Travis. In Jesus' name.